and you're live on Dead Radio. Yo, yo, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Dead Radio. What's your main man, Bangy is Dead? Today I've got a special guest. You know we only deal with special guests. Um, <laughs> I'm like, today you have a special guest as opposed to when? No, we always have special every day guests. Is, yeah. That's how it goes, but today's today. We have to treat today <laughs> like it's a new, fresh day. Okay, today we like have a special guest. On a, a clean page. <laughs> I just killed your script. Yeah. No, you didn't. There is no script. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, yeah, so we've got a special guest. Um, before we get into it, mm-hmm. like I said before, um, we just basically gonna have a conversation. At some point in time, we're gonna ignore the cameras. Okay. Second thing, we don't introduce our guests. Okay. Um, the guests introduce themselves. Wow. Why? Because you must tell the people who you think you are in your head. You get the hang of it, but before you get in, that camera's for me, okay. that camera's for us, and that camera's for you. Okay. Just so you know when you come with the theatrics. That's weird, I didn't even notice that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just if you come with the theatrics, okay. you've got a platform come to go on. Come get up and bust the move, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. Look, I've never actually laughed at the beginning of the shows or nobody. That's ever. good. Because um, I'm actually special. Because I said you're not <laughs> <a> special guest. <laughs> okay, okay, so that's um good. but yeah, you're gonna introduce yourself. So um hi ma'am. How are you? Great, thanks. So I'm Sibu Mabena. Okay. That's my name. My full name is Sibu Yile. Okay. Zanele Mabena. Um 29 years old. Okay. I was born on the 25th of October. Okay. You should send a gift. Because it's still coming up. Hint, hint, hint. Hints. Anybody watching, everybody Everything you are wearing. <laughs> um, born in Joburg. Okay. I actually grew up in Berea. Okay. Berea, which is between Yeovil and Hillbrow. Okay. Um, I think now it's one of the. Why did I think you grew up in um, Devon? That's. You've got that vibe. That's so weird. Yeah. Not even Devin Gogol. Like, yeah. <laughs> she's funny. <laughs> you would think. Yeah. A people would think she's from there, actually. But of... she is from, like, home is Wamash for her. Okay. Like, like Home, home, like, when I'm going Her mom home. and her dad met in the streets of Wamash. Right, okay. So she's really from there. My home is Nelspreet. Okay. No one, not really, no one knows this, but it's like, it's not a thing. Because no people don't make Nelspreet a thing. It's like, ah, what's the coolest thing about Nelspreet? I don't know. Avocados. <laughs> the soccer, maybe? Orange. Which soccer? Which one? Okay, no, there's no soccer. What about. Okay, I don't. Coal. Coal. Let's come with it. What do you think? Medusa Station. No, That's... no, it's like. It's in Nelspray, basically. Our ignorance is horrible. No, but for real, like the tender homies of the coal. I mean, a lot of them are. Like Middleburg. So, not. Mpumalana so, not big, nothing? No. Like Bombella Stadium, but okay. So, what is it known for? What's, what's Kruger National Park? Okay, so Nelspruit is in Mpumalanga, right? Okay, and it's like different spaces. So, my grandfather's house in Mahushu, Mahushu is close to Numbigate, Numbigate is Kruger National Park. Okay, so the big five, you know, okay, you know okay. National Park? of course. Yes, it's cool people, you guys like what? What do you guys know? I'm not a cool person, of course, you're I'm the, the coolest, coolest person. Get out. person no, no. alive. I wish. Benny, <laughs> why do you lie to people? I'm not lying. Okay. <laughs> Fine, Pumalanga. Uh, that's home, that's where you used to go for holidays. Right. I'm Debele on my dad's side, my Pena. 
I'm Shangan, my mom, just in my dad, so if I have any cousins out there, hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> start a group. Um, I'm curious, before you carry on, yeah. are you, were you related to the late Bob Mabel? I'll probably get this question No way! Just a question, it's very like... Yeah, and fun fact, Mabel is his mom's surname. Okay. Um, and yeah, he took on that surname because he was raised by his mom and all of that stuff, but they're from like, Mamilo, the Atrish family. Uh -huh. Yeah, um, for not Mamilo, but actually, yeah. Right. And then, um, yeah, we're the Umalanga crew uh -huh. of Kevin's. But yeah, he was like an uncle to me. Okay. Because he was just uncle Bob to everyone. Just off the streets or like an actual like family life? Like no, in the streets. Like, okay, in the streets. We made money together. Okay. Yeah. Okay. A few things and stuff. Five grand to me. Please, can you do it? Okay, my child. Okay, dope, dope, And what's dope. really cool is his daughter now, his two daughters actually, wow. we work with them at Dream Oh, um, Clementine is a really great copywriter. She's crazy on the writing. So you want bias? It's because she's really good. She's great. Obviously, and it's just amazing that she's my band. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> that's mad. Right? Yeah. Um, Katso is an incredible creative. She's an account manager. Um, she's full time with us. Okay. So it's just cool to have a bunch of great Mabenas working because. Right. What's the point of owning a company if you can't choose who you want to employ? Spe specifically, like I don't care. Intentionally, like your surname is my bed. Yeah, I don't care what you do. We'll find out. Like, are you are you great? <laughs> are you, do you sweep well? Come and sweep well. <laughs> we got you. Yes, <laughs> because I think that's the that's my dream as black people to be able to grow businesses that we are 100% in control of what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So nepotism has been around forever. For centuries. Yeah, I mean, like, it's made bad when black people do it. Um, but when Jewish people are hiring their nephews, cousins, sons, daughters, Friend. friends, children, what? No, that's the Jewish way of doing things. Indians. Indians do it with their people. As soon as you try to put your no nephew or your ones. niece or your cousin on, it's like, no, I'm never to see it. So, where must these people work? I used to ask myself that, like, where must Zuma's kids work if they can't be employed for the things they studied because their father is it's a in the position? It makes no sense, right? So now Tutu can't get a job in government because her dad is a president, but she studied public administration, so right. she must go work in Russia. Like, it's weird. It is. But I think it's 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 what the black community does to each other. It's actually what so it's like this whole corruption thing that's yeah. happening, right? Or looting or whatever. Um or the state being captured or um, yeah. it it's been captured by the white I can't say white monopoly monopoly capitalist, but there is a selected few of white people um, that are, have directly been getting tenders from the state for decades, if not yeah. centuries. Um, but that's not called state capture because it goes under the carpet. And then you find another company that's black owned, that's been getting tenders from the state for the last seven years. Um, and and now it's corruption because why is this one company getting all these tenders? And that's my argument with the Gupta situation is that, I know getting into politics again, but it's my argument with the Gupta situation. My main argument is that it feels as though certain people were angry at the fact that the money was moving away from them. Mm. The, the, the bags they used to be getting weren't going to them anymore. Now there's this one family that's going crazy. Yeah. Um, well, not necessarily going crazy, but they are just more 
special than the other families mm. based on what they can do and now state capture i mean i mean look it's weird we don't have the facts around it i mean we're not of course of course we're not there with the zondo commission and you know that's not our contribution to society however yes. if we're just going to speak about it at a current affairs level and what we know of it Good i point. think we are the optics of it were really bad okay so sometimes it's not necessarily what you do is how people perceive it uh -huh. it's what people think they know yes and from that we derive our own stories or we concoct our own stories and then we've decided as a society and then that's we make what a conclusion full stop okay this yeah. guy's a bad guy so it's all a pr game 100%. if you look at what happened with the white monopoly capital story there's a story around bell pottinger which is this pr agency yes and <coughs> it's crazy they've been cooking up shit exactly and uh, propagandas and their own narratives and it's been fun apparently they created a sort of xenophobic um campaign like they actually made a campaign for black people to go against other black people from other foreign countries yeah like it was actually conducted by them apparently so the the thing about information is that bad information spreads really fast yes and if the propaganda machine behind it is strong enough it's going to take very long to undo the damage of this bad information that has been spread. It's 55 million people in South Africa. Right. How many of those? Now. 58? Yeah. Even with COVID deaths? I wonder, I don't know about that. So, even with deaths, <laughs> <laughs> fine. We just did 3 million people have died? A lot of people, I mean, not 3 million people have died, but people have moved, people have died. Okay. I don't, I don't know. I said a lot of people about a lot of Facts. people trying to relocate, yeah. Where are they relocating to? Apparently a lot of people want to relocate obviously to Australia. Ooh. You already know who. Wants to go there because Abba Bafu. Yeah, yeah, they don't want them but they still want to go. Good luck to them man, go <laughs> to We are going to rebuild God's the country. Speed. Yeah, 100%. And, and it's, like I said, it's going to take a lot of time for us to undo the damage of these propaganda machines propaganda having started way back when about date for black people to think of themselves as less than mm -hmm. that was propaganda 100%. and <clears throat> what you're seeing is the after effects of it now are so heavily entrenched in our way of life that we can't see beyond our circumstances because yes. we don't recognize the actual inherent greatness that we have and it's 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 difficult to be one of the few who get it mm -hmm. um, because you really wish there were more of us right. so that there can be more messages going out to people to say hey did you know yeah. we are a, we are able to do this you are able to do this right. so that's why i'm saying bad information spreads really quickly and it's going to take a lot of work from from a lot of us to be able to undo all of that damage
Tum funa do do ra di Yeah Do do ra di
It's been up. Yeah, it just went up again. Like I just saw some stats, probably went up by like, I think 10% if I'm not mistaken. No, they're saying up to 40, 44%? Yeah, like this unemployment is on a... Excuse my ignorance again, please. No, 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 it's okay, it's okay. This is stats that like, came out like last week. Last week, probably Wednesday, Thursday. Um, about it like increasing. And it's just like, these are things we have to work on breaking down. And yeah. That's why when I go online and we see someone trashing someone else's company, maybe a black person's company, to me, it's just like, Yo, man, like, we're really just all people of color trying to do something about our lives. Like, yeah. it's not even like a cool game. Like, I don't care what you're wearing. I don't care what you listen to. I don't care what you like. Mm. Um, we just need to stand together to build something that we can truly call ours. Yeah. Um, and that's the only way we will have some sort of black empowerment. And if there's a handful or two handfuls of people mm. that call things theirs, and now we're just really redesignating where jobs go you know what i mean like that's yeah. the really for me that's the easiest way we can really decrease youth unemployment and that's why a lot of people have anxiety when they want to start like a new company mm. or, because now it's like if i do something wrong black people are gonna cancel me if i do this yeah. like it's just so many things that actually don't matter but it's it's again things that we have inherited from the past yes and it's so systematic that <clears throat> again we have to do the hard work of reteaching people the good news or spreading the good news that right. granted there's a lot that we don't know you know the system that was built was built by a certain group of people yes and now we are another group of people trying to function in this system that was built by other people. But you need to just break it down. Yeah, but we're always going to be trying to play catch up. We're yes. always trying to do things um, the way it's done. So I'll, I'll tell you as, a, as an agency, mm -hmm. Duma Collective, which does creative communications, we do social media, brand management, um, and events. And like, we compare ourselves to white agencies. Right. Because we function in the market that is historically yes. serviced by white people. Okay and the white way of doing things so how briefs are written it's a certain template right. how reports are done there's a certain template how timesheets are captured there's a system for that that is owned by white people um how a a brief is answered to who said a powerpoint document is the best practice or a keynote and it starts with an opening slide right. and then the brief and then the objectives and then the insights and then the strategy and then you know like you had to learn that somewhere who did we learn that from white people right but what if for a black person the answer to a brief is rapping a song mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or like in like that could be your pitch but because this is the system that we function in we've got to work in it and right. work towards it so i think that's what gives anxiety or that's what gives young people anxiety is that we don't know how to do it like the white people and we can't even try to do our own thing because there's a system where things are done in a specific manner yeah so even if you do it in your own way the chances of you surpassing your competitor are much more complex or more tougher because you're still trying to beat them at their own game yeah and we are applying it to our own things that we do own. Right. Funerals. Abantawamiyama, Sianwaba, at mass. 
that's what we do community it helps us grieve it's our way of dealing with things and processing things right. but now we're starting to do it in a upper echelon way now there's day <laughs> and it's not a bad thing that there's day going so really? we're advancing however do we stop to think about the influence and where it comes from what a white wedding looks like our funerals are starting to look like white weddings right Where's that influence coming yeah. from? So it's difficult for us to build a black way when a lot of the time the white way looks so good mm-hmm. and we want to look like that white way. That's and it good. has been publicized really well as well. Yeah, and I mean, we're not going to have a conversation about an African Renaissance and Bambata yeah. back to our roots and black is king and all of that. But I think what is important is in our own little individual spaces to consider that the black in me and what I am is great. Mm -hmm. And if I'm going to go and learn certain things, it's still up to me what I choose to learn and how I can mash what I know with what I'm learning to contribute to society in the best way that I know how. Right. Because we're so hard on ourselves about the things we don't know. Granted, there's so much access to information. There's yeah. information everywhere. You're not going to know how to do everything. 100%. So it's also the, 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 the or well, not the concept, but the, the, the thing about collaboration is there's something you know, mm-hmm. there's something I know, there's something the next person knows, but there's something you don't know, there's something they don't know, there's something I don't know. So how do we pull what we do know together to be able to do things and right. get things done. Right. Yeah. Right. I've been preaching, preaching, preach for yeah, a very long time. Preaching. I like that. I like that. Um, let's go back to your background. Cool. Grew up in Berea. Yes. Where did you study? Um, I went to four schools. So two primary schools. Uh, Joburg Girls Primary. And yeah, Johannesburg Girls Primary had a lot of cool people. Shout out to Liberty was there. Buntle Modisele was there. Um, yeah. It was Cool school of girls then, right, right. and it was opposite Banato High. Okay. Banato High, I thought Yuzo Yuzo was shot there. Because <laughs> right. it was like super thin. <laughs> you understand? Yeah. Some of the coolest people in earth went to Banato. I think NT went to Banato, I don't mm-hmm. know who else. But, um, so I, I spent 10 years in Berea, and then we moved to Centurion. So my parents got divorced in summer, in, like somewhere on that journey. Okay. Moved to Centurion with my mom, and yeah, she just self-actualized, got a home, um, and I, I like lived a good middle-class life. Right. Single mom, um, had cousins live with us. I used to cut the grass because my mother was very like oh, really? you know, feminist about things. You see, gender role don't apply in this house. <laughs> Cook, but you cut the grass. <laughs> wash dishes, wash the car. <laughs> Paint the paveway, you know. I cut the grass. Yes, and iron your clothes. So. Um, did that, moved to a school called Springvale Primary. Okay. And from Springvale, I went to Pro Arte, which is an art school in okay, Pretoria. Okay. It's the Pretoria version of NSA. And then I went to Midstream College because my dad was like, I don't understand this hard stuff. <laughs> Go to a normal school. Okay. So, grade 10, 11, 12, I was in Midstream. Um, about Midstream, Chanda Dong was at Midstream. Anati was at Midstream. Right. I used to do Anati's homework for him because I was older than him. <laughs> um, <laughs> whilst he was busy making music, right. and he was really, really invested in it. Like, um, 
the whole DJ Khaled thing, he, he like pitched himself crazily. He, he was so invested in it. So when you see his success today, know that it didn't happen overnight. Overnight with like, there was actually even a time where El Tito and Dalez were fighting over his song. This guy's in grade nine. He's got math homework. <laughs> you need to be fighting over grade nine But it's like fighting over his track. Right. Like, do you like it when it rains? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That song? So he's been talented a long time. Anyway, whilst all of that is happening, I was a dancer. Um, okay. I did dancing. So you see, like yeah, used to. <laughs> oh, you look like you. No, used to. of course not. You singing all the way down to your legs. You got served. <laughs> <laughs> so I did that. I did the dancing thing, but I was like living in the suburbs of the dance studio. Right. And you know you're like. With white people, right? We're doing like five, six, seven. <laughs> <laughs> the very watered down version of hip hop. But I was in the South African dance team, and we actually okay. competed overseas, and you know, like the Olympic team of dancing, and we were doing well. Like, how do you think that happened? Do you think it's because of the school you were in, and obviously how they select, or do you got do you we competed? Okay, it was like. I was gonna ask if you guys thought you were actually that good. We were good, dog. Or like you just had access or what? Nah, there's videos. <laughs> nah, I'm just checking. Proof. Just checking. We used to practice everything. <laughs> like, and the access thing and the privilege thing. I think the privilege I had was that one, my mother could afford to pay for after school classes. Okay. Um, in the studio. Right. The studio that participated in this league, mm -hmm. and going to competitions cost a lot of money. Um. Like we we have to compete in four competitions in Durban, Cape Town, Sun City, or yeah, Joburg. Anyway, the point was it builds up to like nationals, right. and you're collecting points along the smaller ones, and then you've got to be the top four. Right, the one with the most points. Yes, to right. qualify to be on the team that goes to Germany to go compete. Oh, crazy. So all of that did take a lot of money, a lot of investment, um, and my mom. I think in grade seven was like cool, you know, it's keeping you busy. It's good, you love this thing. And first year she paid for me to go. After that, she was just like, and she was so easy. <laughs> yeah, you're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so for now, what do you want? I was like, this woman's testing me. So I said, Shaf, I'll pay for it myself. And I did some like fundraising. We were selling fudge on the streets. Um, you know, I'd write sponsorship letters, my friends, parents. Uh, my one friend Lissiri, his mom worked for Postnet. Right. So I wrote a sponsorship letter, got the whole team like some sponsorship. So oh. I was really ambitious oh. about my wants. Right. And I even remember one time um, I was in Middleburg on hot, like for school holidays mm -hmm. at my uncle's house. And my mom was supposed to fetch me on a Sunday. But there was a dance competition on a Saturday. So I called her, I'm like, Ma, I need to come back today. Land. And she's like, No, I'm fetching you tomorrow. That's the agreement. So That's you, that. Yeah. And I said, This woman, don't know. <laughs> and I think I was 12. I asked my uncle to drop me off in my text. You mean? So what I probably, I'll text you and I'll go, Kimberly, text. You're 12, the only I don't mean? know. I'll figure it out. <laughs> got to the taxis. Okay, they put me on a taxi to Pretoria. Took text from Pretoria. Got to Malawa, that my family, was that Kimberly, text. And then, and I figured it out, and I got home. She was definitely shocked to see you. She's like, "Oh, oh, Kimberly takes me." It's like, yeah, 
And that's the extent to which I was determined to do the things I wanted to do, right. even when I didn't have the means to do them. Yes, I had a roof over my head, so that made things a lot easier. I had a loving family. I had, you know, transport to go to school. I had, my pocket money was two rand a day. Because my mother said, there's bread. There's everything you need. There's cheese. It's what you buy two rand a lollipop. I'll Good save pop. it. Oh, dope. So I could have 20 rand at the end of two weeks. Oh, dope, dope. Um, I mean, there was a time I wanted to get my hair done. My mom was like, She's like, if you don't have money for it, then don't do it, right? So there's those things that made me feel like, okay. You gotta do it yourself. No one owes me anything. That's yeah. my mother. <laughs> so I must get it my own way. <laughs> and that's why I was like doing the whole fundraising thing. So I got to go overseas a couple of times, but whilst that was happening, um we were kind of networking in the street dancing space okay so there's a competition in pretoria called strictly come strictly hip-hop sorry yeah strictly hip-hop run by a guy called lawrence mugoro and it was happening during the you got served era right so he watched you got served and he said Ping. south africans like american things let's do it yeah and then popped off bro. right Look, yeah i remember that a big deal you understand sunny park with the baggy pants big ones you know it looked we had a cab to the side. And bling. Yeah, How were we bling. putting bling on our We're like <laughs> So there we did the first competition. We entered as like a studio. Okay. And you know, our team had white girls and we were like the suburb girls. Yeah. But they're street like real street crews, blood spillers. And yeah, that's the do you remember the blood spillers? <laughs> no. Yo, did they were this crew? I, like, remember like, I don't remember half of them. I know, I, do, I remember the Joba ones because those are the ones that had yeah, shows and stuff. Yeah, like, um, I know one from Pretoria, Twitch, but those are the guys that were like, No, that was Twitch. Twitch, my bad. David Gogo was in Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, I didn't know that. Fun fact David Gogo was popping and <laughs> in Twitch. Anyway, um. So fine, now we're at this competition and there's all these street dance crews and you know, we're the studio kids, but they went down asses. Because they were coming through with the real hip hop. Like the real shit. They knew showmanship, they knew how to perform to the crowds, to make like, hey. They came through. Stunts, the music I'm mixing. Guys are shook. It was like, you know, you got served. Yeah. <laughs> When the other crew is just like, what's that? What's that? You <laughs> did that? So it was wild, and the 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 street kids started to see us as like, oh shame, you know. At least they're trying, so they made us our, I mean, made us their friends. Okay. That's how we were networking in the hip hop space. But I then moved to Joburg in my grade tenure. Okay. To stay with my dad, and. I, th I went to a dance workshop with a lady called Kumari from the US and she okay. had this new dance style called Racking and I learned how to do house dancing but like international house dancing right. and now I'm one of very few people who have this skill and the repertoires were having an audition for right. girls to join the team Right. so I went to the audition fresh out of the workshop with Kumari yeah, busting new moves yeah, busting moves dog and, <laughs> and Tata and Larry were just like we need her. 
<laughs> we need her. So I made them to the crew and now I'm dancing for the repertoires. And you know, now you're on the streets because we used to rehearse in front of um, the market theater in right. every town. So there's no mirrors now. There's no air conditioning. There's no wooden floors. There's no water cooler. Yeah, in the streets. <laughs> like I used to get off. So I, I went to a private school. Mystery was a private school. Right. In an estate. Mina, you really text it? Four taxis. One from Mithkrim to uh, Boulders. From Boulders to town. Town to Bri. Walk to Market Theatre. What? Then you must repeat the whole process to get home because we lived in Sunny Right. Again, determined. My dad was like, I'm not doing something down for you. For dancing? For dancing? No. No, never. <laughs> but not happening. I did it because I wanted it. And right. I did that for about a year. So whilst I was in that space, I got to meet people like Simba and Jay Kayembe from Tinch. Right. And they were doing Masters of Rhythm. Mm-hmm. So I say, oh Simba, please can I work? I just want to intern. You know, I think I was like 16 or something. I just, I'll work for free. And he's like, okay, okay, okay. He kept putting me down, putting me down, putting me down. Ah, the day of the event came. I bought a ticket. It's like, that's not working. Bought a ticket. I was there at like 7 in the morning. Standard Bank Arena. I've seen me setting up, whatever. Right. I find Simba. There's Simba, I said I want to work. He was like, oh, okay, what are you going to do? I said, you're judging, so who's going to carry your phone during the show? Because everyone's calling you. Right. He was like, oh, okay, actually, you can do that. And I said, yeah, cool, I'll be your PA for the day. So now I'm running things. Like, not running things, but every question that comes, oh, there's a problem at the gate. I run to the gate. Oli, what's the issue? No, security, jock, this, that. I said, cool, go back to Simba. Oh, Simba, they say, jock, whatever. I'm like, what's job? Now I'm learning because right. I must be the messenger. Right. But they have to, to tell know. me everything so I can tell him everything. And you need to understand exactly what you're telling him. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, cool. The event is happening, but now I'm networking within his organization. So I'm speaking to Ollie, who's head of logistics. I'm speaking to Jake, who's heading up the cruise. I'm speaking to Clem, Clementine, my Bena. Right. Who is Bob Mabena's daughter. I didn't know at the time. Right. I just knew her as Clementine Mabena. So we gravitated towards each other because of the surname. So she was like, I go back, come in. So the nepotism actually started here. <laughs> Long time. Now it's reversed. Now I'm paying I'm paying back my debt. Right. So um Simba then earned my trust. Uh, well, I earned Simba's trust. Okay. And I think for the next one, he was like, cool, come through, come be part of the team. Because I proved myself on the first one. I mean, you I came at 7 a.m., you bought a ticket, yeah. um, and you literally just pushed. Yeah, I yeah. wanted in on the action, so I found a way to get in on the action. Right. So I worked on the second one, and that was the one that came with the TV show. Okay. So now I'm also seeing production, I'm seeing brand, I'm seeing sponsorship. How old um, are you at this time? Now I'm 17. What's happening with school? I'm passing. Okay. What's the so you're doing your part. Yeah, I'm doing my part. I'm in Not class. Not slacking you, just on the ball. Dude, I was first team at school, <laughs> athletics, Where tennis, swimming. We have 24 hours in a day. <laughs> Come on. Literally, <laughs> we have 24 hours in a day. Mind you, in these times, I'm taking taxis to go to things. So what's happening when I'm waiting for a taxi to pull up? Yeah. It's the homework. Oh my God. Why would I say at the time? We also didn't have Twitter and like things yeah. to distract us, you know? So, um, worked on the second Masters of Rhythm and I was on Jake Hyenda's team. Right. Also, the opportunity for me, I met it with uh, dedication right. and hard work. So, I was very like diligent with my job. I wasn't necessarily 
concerned on the money i didn't even know if they were going to pay me or right. how much they were going to pay me but the, the point for me was to learn and become a person of influence in that space right cool muscle room happens we work at a loss so they can't pay me no problem we did what we did it was epic it was dope but Jay then got a project to do something for street cred. Right. Because he's now the, the plug in the he's street, he's got access to the kids, dance face. So he understands the, the dance crews, they've got, you know, Masters of Rhythm and Clinch were the go-to for street dancing and the culture. Right. So he asked me to come and work with him on this Fish Eagle project for um, street cred. And he's like, I want to make up for not being able to pay you on this one by you doing this one because it's actually money oh. here. So we partnered on that and it was really amazing. Like Pro was the ambassador of Fish Eagle. Yeah. So I get to now network with Pro. But at the time, I was now in matric. And I'm still doing the dancing thing. Mm -hmm. In my high school years, from grade eight to matric, I went back to my dance studio um, and I volunteered, I think it was like during school holidays or something, to be, you know, like class teacher. Right. And then <laughs> eventually, one of the studio owners of another team was like, actually, you can't be doing this for free. So we're going to collect money for you oh. so you can get paid. Okay. And they were collecting like 10 rand per child per hour. But it's four hours a day of rehearsal, 24 kids. I made so much money. <laughs> Sounds like it. As a student in high school that didn't have anything to spend money on other than transport and airtime. You know, so I saved a lot of money right? and I was able to pay for the trips overseas mm -hmm. and do all of this other like side hustle stuff and do school. Right. So I was fine. And then came a time I have to apply for varsity. So the whole street cred thing happens, I think, when I was 18, 19. Mm -hmm. I apply for tux. I get into tux. I'm going to tux. I'm living in Pretoria. What's your platform? politics hmm. I actually wanted politics philosophy and economics then politics was full so I got in on a BA general so I created my program you know now the people that have published as of late study politics yes very interesting because it's the easiest one to get into no it's not even about <laughs> that it's like I see people that study politics have a really different perspective um, yeah. in terms of getting shit done like they, I think they bring this wide differently. Like, yeah. what they train you on is, is, is critical thinking. Right. How yeah. to you look at a problem and you observe it from as many angles as possible at, at, before arriving at a solution. Hundred percent. So it's not just like we don't take everything at face value mm -hmm. to say, oh, they crashed this car. Yeah, the, the guy at the back was wrong. No, it's, but what happened? What's a what could road it be? service? What were the, right. I mean, the road surface? What were the conditions? Being too hard in the front. Yes. The guy the back was the only fault. Exactly. Or maybe there was someone moving in the front of the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of so get what you mean. That's also why we're not always the first people to be like, he's guilty. Uh -huh. When you see something happen on the timeline, you and you're like know. cancelled. It's like, but what, what if eight months later she doesn't actually go and press charges? Yeah. Hmm. And then she doesn't. Now, <laughs> person must cancel. Yeah. lost. Because we cancel in you. Yes, because people don't apply critical thinking. 100%. I agree. I agree. But yeah, you anyway. apply to tux. Get into tux. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at tux. Um, I'm living at tux. And again, I'm now making money. I'm hustling. And then Jay calls and says, Hey, dude, the Fish Eagle guys 
people were really happy street cred is dope but i've got a new lead the brand manager of villa is looking to refresh the brand and like turn it into a hip-hop street culture thing i think it'd be dope to help me so we're gonna do a dance thing for them right great um i've got my working background organizational skills etc that i learned working for masters of rhythm mm -hmm. and i've got the dancing know-how i understand the streets i understand the culture you have some connections inside the industry so you can reach out to specific people very easily yeah right and what do we do we present at the sab conference like we're performing and it's a hit like miller is now hip-hop it is street it's cool we're hot pop bottles siangena performing <laughs> when that we're on stage you know right. i'm living the bring it on dream <laughs> then after the success of that the refresh of the like the promoter activation way they would do of, of the active the way they were doing activation the promoters they give us uh, another gig and they say yo kendrick lamar three city tour we want you guys to do all the local so you guys acts. are not functioning like an agency though yeah but we're freelancers. Obviously, you know, we're not then, professional. Back then, yeah. agencies weren't really like a thing, if you get know what I mean. Yeah, it was the big ones. Yeah, like, there was only big FCB. agencies that handled like real TV things. Like yeah. social media really opened a lot of doors. Yeah, but um, now we're on, like we're in boardrooms. We're discussing creative, which artist is performing what, how are they. Like, so we were dealing with Tabiso from Cash Time because okay. they were like the artist handling Gauteng. Then we're dealing with Dream Team, so Lufile, okay. Ramakase, and his team, and Bradley Williams, Stogie T's manager. Okay. So of the three of them, um, they're now like the big guns. Okay. Jay and I are doing the dancers, so we have to work with them. Mm -hmm. And then we get to work with the artists. It's cool each other, Reason, um, Cash Time, KO, Cash right, Time Squad, right, um, Stogie, so of course. Akio. You know, really cool in the culture people. Right. Some of them knew us from Masters of Rhythm. Mm -hmm. So the relationship and the rapport it's exists. Simple. Yeah. yeah. You know, and we actually pull off an incredible you know, show. Dude, yeah. I had like ballerinas doing like, ballet in hip hop because also Step Up inspired yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we're in that culture. And I think for SAB, it was so cool to see young people doing yeah, work that speaks doing. to young people. Right. So the Miller thing happens, and then someone at MTV sees our work, and they're like, actually, we should get you guys in to come and help us with the mamas. But all of this happening, you're still studying. I'm still studying. When I, there was a time we spent three weeks in Cape Town on an SAB project, I submitted an assignment from there. I submitted it at 8 o'clock. <laughs> I sent it to a friend of mine, so she would print printed for me. She submitted for you as well. It's a fraud signature stuff <laughs> to go and submit yeah. and you know like i had to do what i had to do so this is now my first year at the end of my first year i'm fighting with my parents well my dad not my mom because my mom was in charge of my accommodation my dad changed school fees of course but we're not paying for school fees because busy at jail or whatever like we just had our issues my dad and i then i got a bursary Okay. So he plugged me with bursary. I had to get it, like, you know, up to me now to get it. Got my bursary, shop sorted, and I'm doing my second year. Okay. Second year, ah, span work. Um, I'm still doing the dancing thing. I'm a coach, you know, and we're doing gigs. 
MTV. Did you make sense? Like dancing gigs? Dancing gigs, yeah. Okay. So MTV now says, okay, cool, come in and pitch. We pitch, uh, we don't get it, so Meezy gets it. Okay. Because the global team wanted someone with more experience, and so Meezy had World Cup, he had just done the World Cup actually. Sarafina, all of that yeah, stuff. Yeah. So credentially, he outweighed us. But in that year, we built our credits. Ah, work, 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 work. And then the following year, we then started doing the Mamas. That was oh. 2014, I think it was, 2014, 2013 or something. And from there, it was Mamas, Samas, Metro FM Awards, Glow Calf Awards in Nigeria because the production company, VWV, loved us. Crazy. And they were like, we're just going to roll with you guys because you guys actually know what you're doing and nice. you're coming in with fresh energy. And the dancers were the choreographers. We are the directors of the dancing, the creative. So in that time, I also got to meet people who worked for MTV. Right. And the brand manager for Miller, when we did the Kendrick Lamar stuff, Jean Dimitri, he then moves to MTV. Hmm. When he gets to MTV. For my network, for just really moving. Yes, because I treated every single opportunity with respect. Yes. I put my back into it and sure made those people look amazing. 100%. So where they go, they're like, We need her. I need my plug. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> in 20, oh, so 2010, was my first year. Okay. I actually did the World Cup. Um, McDonald's had this program for fan dancers to yes. be like cheerleaders. Yes. It wasn't paid, but I wanted to be. How could they not be paying? Because the World Cup definitely came with budget. Because it was a it was a volunteer program, okay. and that's how they were doing it. Like in other countries, you know, like the ball, the kids that hold the players' hands. Yes. That was a volunteer program, okay. so they okay. did the same thing for the cheerleaders, and. It was an intense program, like 20 weeks of training with Losha Cooper. So the reason I wanted in was because I wanted to work with Losha Cooper. Uh -huh. I dance like icon. <laughs> um, and I was willing to do it for free. Okay. And we did it and we were dancing at 16 World Cup games. So during halftime. Around the country? No, only in Gauteng. So it was Gauteng. every stadium, Loftus and Joburg, Ellis Park. Yes. But the experience of doing that, of being in the World Cup, now I'm seeing what stadium organized events look like. Okay. Oh, from gosh. security accreditation. Obviously not involved, but because we are as good as the players in terms of our access, because we're going to the pitch. You, and you're going to be with the, well, not necessarily with the players, but you're going to walk past them at some point. We were with the players in the tunnel. Right. Because <laughs> we're waiting to go onto the pitch. So now you're really the players the are Yes, Maradona was like, it's so cold. He's saying it to me as he's walking past me because I'm about to go on stage or on the field to go and dance. And yeah, it's that in interaction and that exposure to that world of the FIFA World Cup. Right. That's crazy. But also, Shakira um, was performing the closing ceremony. Yes. I get word that she's looking for kids who can dance so they can be on her waka waka sport. Who's got kids that can dance? Me, because oh what? I'm a coach of kids. Oh my god. So. It's like dominoes. It is. Like everything dots have connected up. Yeah. So I get my kids in. Um, they go to the audition and then two of them get in cool. But now I volunteer to be a chaperone because their parents have jobs. Yes. So I'm old enough. I'm 19. So I can be the chaperone for the kids to go to rehearsals. Who are we rehearsing with? Boomkak. I mean, was it Lorian Gibson? No, it was Boomkak. Boomkak who choreographs for Missy Elliott. Oh, nice. So, and Shakira. And then, yeah, we're at rehearsal at the Radisson. 
uh, PK comes because PK was her man or is her man now. So you know, I'm just in this space with Shakira's dancers who are like, they dance for Usher, they dance for, you know, other different people. And then the kids, my kids are then doing the work. Right. So the closing ceremony happens and I'm on Shakira's bus with all of them going. <laughs> but Freshly Ground is also on this thing. So now I'm entering with the Freshly Ground team. Cool. That's the World Cup. All of this I'm doing it for free. I didn't get paid a cent. Yeah. But I'm in the space where greatness is taking place. Yeah. And, and you're rubbing shoulders with greatness. Yes. But also, Devon Gogol is my best friend. Yes. Her dad was part of the organizing committee. So at some point we got to go to um, the opening ceremony actually because I wasn't performing that one. And we were in the suite. Naomi Campbell was there. Mm -hmm. Had a Hana fish face. So day close. I get to go to her birthday party. And that's just been like the nature of my life. Some things were through people I'm close to. Mm -hmm. Some things were through my volunteering. Some things have now been through referrals and actual work done. I'm just simply networking. Yes. Right. So, um, World Cup happens, first year ends. Second year, I'm working, everything's cool, I'm busting my ass off. And October, I go to Germany with my team. November, my stepmom passes away. Okay. But my dad had just, they, they had just had a baby. Mm -hmm. So my little sister's now 11 months old. So my dad's like, home girl. You need to pull up now. Yeah. Retreat from Pitora, come oh, back to Joe. The party's are done. Yeah, stop. <laughs> okay. Move home. Yeah. I said, no, sir. You can't do this. <laughs> Me, I'm crook. I've you lived said alone. No? I said, I've lived alone for two <laughs> years. So here's the negotiation. <clears throat> I'm willing to come and be my sister's mother, but you have to allow me freedom. Because I can't go from two years of living in my own house. Now. Yeah, as a politician, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Well, he's not a politician, but he used to be in politics. Uh -huh. He's now a pensioner, you know. And I said to him, you cannot restrict me because I'm not gonna free. Yeah. I, I've been free, bruh. Bro, so. Now you want to tie me down? Nah. He's like, okay, it's fine. Just come home. Cool. Come home. And now I'm back in Joburg. So what year is this? Because I was in university now. It's 20, 10, 20, the end of 2011, I'm going to be back to Joburg. Okay. Um, I have friends in Joburg who are DJs, um, Caesar, Neil, Dice, all these guys. And they were going to the Sands. The Sands had just opened up. Yeah. And they became DJs at the Sands. Okay. So now every weekend, because Caesar in the morning side, I'm in Sanyam. He'd fetch me. I'd go to the Sands with him. After three weeks of doing this, it clapped to me as a no man. You're bored. These ones are getting paid to be here. You just there. Me, I'm just grooving. Yeah. So I do it. I speak to their boss, Alan. I'm like, Alan, dude, can I be a bartender? He's like, yeah, we pay two hundred rand a shift. I said, that's no, fine. I'm actually, I'm here anyway, so let me just get paid to be here. Cool, now I'm a bartender. Still got school during the week, yeah. Because uh, I'm finishing my third year. And babysitting, but there was a helper. My dad was just like, I just need yeah, yeah, yeah. someone that a female to be here. And mm -hmm. my little brother also was like growing. So I'm a bartender. What's happening at the bar? There are people who come and throw events, brand managers. And I clock that the meetings take place on Tuesdays for the planning of the events on the weekend. Right. So I said, okay, let me start coming here during the week after school. Come and see what's going on. I realized there's no social media for the sense direct to the black people because now Twitter's coming up, Facebook, right. I said, Ellen, I want to run the socials for the sense. He's like, I'm cool. So now I'm the person behind the social media. 
every event on social media. 100%. TV's events for Casper. Uh, Pop Bottles, Good Sunday, the all the Miller parties, Jamison, Johnny Walker, Crazy. every brand that is growing in bed says, I'm now running the social media for that. At the time, no one was best practice, so I'm learning whatever mistakes I make, Hashtag. no one's flipping out, whatever. Hashtag these. Twitter <laughs> armies. So we had this thing that we got from Chris and Kosi. Chris and Kosi, who used to be like one of the baddest promoters in Joe Bank, all the clubs like the Bank 88. People who know the Joburg party scene know Chris Ngozi. Right. So he had this cheat code where you could invite all your friends on Facebook to an event mm -hmm. in one go. Okay. So I started running armies for him to do that. Like, oh, then he, here's the code, please can you invite your friends? Da, 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 like that. So okay. we'd invite a lot of people so people would create, would create awareness around an event that's happening. Mm -hmm. That's how the clubs used to fill up every weekend. Right. Then I met a guy called Nganya Zikubeka. And between him and I, we, we started creating the Twitter army thing okay. and popularized it. But there were other people who were doing it cool, but in our world of brands, we started then offering that service. Okay. So people who saw me at the Sands and were doing events elsewhere, which is like, yo, see You're my go-to guy. I don't know anyone else that does yeah. what you do, right? So Access Josie, a guy called Sif Jali, gave me like such a big break with that thing. It's like, yo, I'm bringing Big Sean. I need to fill this place up with 6,000 people, I think it was. I said, cool, let's come up with an actual street campaign. Right. Did flyers, did street sheets. And that time I'm doing it off of my like money from, from Jailbird, right? From Jallybird, yeah. Yeah, Jallybird, yeah. And I got the promoters, they had branded cars. Actually, Bianca used to work for them at the time. Okay. Bianca, Black Brick Bianca. Right. Yeah, she told me that she was into events. That's so nuts. Yeah, she like she's hectic. She comes from Rage Festival, you understand? Yeah, she told me she was nuts. She's been there for like 10 years. She's like, yeah. Bananas. Nice. So now we're working for X through Sims because Sims was like, yo, we can put on some black people. He's got a big gig with Unilever. He brings on the black kids. Now we're getting experience working for X. That goes into my portfolio. I've got to do something for Multitrace, the Disney channel.
And you're live on Dead Radio. But I was living, I was sleeping, I was sleeping on my dad's couch because we stayed in a two-bedroom apartment. Of course, but still, like that's so nice. So the kids must sleep in the room. He's got the other room. So I'm sleeping on the couch. No problem. It's fine. It's comfortable. I could watch DSTV all night. Well, <laughs> yeah. But I also had a laptop that he gave me, and I had internet. So I'm constantly researching. I'm putting together concepts. Google is my friend. I'm learning how to do things in this space that I want to be in, which is that of entertainment and marketing. Okay. So after that, um, I fail. I go back to school, but I'm still working. But I start my company now in 2014. Okay. I register because there's so much work. I need to be able to invoice. Mm-hmm. And you can't just keep invoicing out of your name now. Yes. Right. And you know we're getting like serious with SAP, VWB, blah 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 blah. MTV, remember I spoke about Jean Dimitri who was yeah. at Miller, he moves to MTV to be right. the marketing manager. His first pro his first gig, no or event project, was the Clip Drift Golden Beats. Okay. And he's got an I'll fill it up. He says, Who's my fighter? Sibu. Sibu. <laughs> got a project, um, I think the budget was three hundred thousand. Okay. Where am I gonna have three hundred thousand? So I okay, I'll have three hundred thousand. I have 90,000 rand, so I'm going to produce things. So you put your own money up? I put my own money up. Why? Um, so that Because they were only going to pay later. So they said, we can only work with you. No, like, I mean, why in the sense of, did you believe in what was happening? Oh yeah, no, the invoices were 300k. Okay. But it's going to take me about 90k to do the work. Okay. So um, what I did was, I just done a research project for a company called Global Access okay. where they were doing a documentary on the Gauteng legislature. Right. How did they find me? At some point in my life, I was doing voiceovers for F&B ads. And what these, didn't you do? <laughs> sleep with people. Correct. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> That's funny. So they remembered me from that and they're like, hey, didn't you do politics? We're looking for someone to do research and you're a black young female and scouting legislature, you know, so I think you'd be good. This was before after the company? Um, it led to me starting my company because okay. I had to register my company to invoice. Right. So I could have a bank account, blah, 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 blah. And then that 90,000, they asked me, do you want to get paid weekly? What? Because I think it was about six weeks or something. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, it's fine. Um, pay me at the end of the project. Okay. 
and that's how I had a cash injection of 90,000 sitting in my account. Okay. Had I taken that money and bought a car, moved out of my dad's house, I wouldn't have had money to do the MTV job. Right. So in my mind, it was like, this is my capital to be able to get more money. Right. I did an M that MTV job, filled it up, smashed it. Now, Jean's people are like, eh, hey, who's this girl? Like, what's she, oh, she's wild. At the same time, we just got the mama's gig. So uh, we're busy doing the choreography. It, it's crazy how my ancestors just colluded. So how did life. you, like, because I hear you saying a lot of we's, sorry about that. I hear you saying a lot of we's, so how did you, I'm assuming you started to hire people. No, I just worked with people. You just worked so, with So like people. with the ex thing, I was like, can you see? This is what you can do. I know you can do this. So come and do it together. Right. So right. with Jay, the same thing was happening with all the dancing work and we were splitting the profits. Right. And I, I, I've grown by working with people because I didn't do everything alone. 100%. Except for just in my company. Mm -hmm. And then um, the mama's thing happens. But at the same time, <laughs> I solicited Chaga Sisulu on social media. Mm -hmm. And I said, dude, you're into politics, but you're also into the social thing because he was doing like trending campaigns and he was a big deal on Twitter. Right. And I was like, I want to work for you. I'll be your PA. Because I thought, as a PA, you have access to everything they do. Yes. The person you want to work for. And even the context. You're going to his meetings, yes. you're setting them up, so you're networking with the people he has to have meetings yes. with. Um, you're writing notes and minutes. And so I started working for him at Plum. And Just like direct attorney. People don't actually see it like that, yeah. but it literally is. PA is the that's best the access. Yeah. Because you're the gatekeeper also. I will not lie, that's really the plan. Because, I mean, for argument's sake, the person that got you here, yeah. she now has a direct communication with you. And even if you break up the communication in the year, it won't be like, oh, it's a stranger. Oh, no. It's going to be like, I'm familiar with this person yeah. from. She's got my images. 100%. So we do the Plum Factory thing where I'm now part of this agency that's doing trend campaigns. Right. And Shaga was working hard. He like, so many people have come out of the school of Shaga Sisu because he comes from a political family, but he also did marketing, but he's also an IT background guy and he's just like flipping smart. So he knew how to market things. And MTV has an opportunity to do the Mama's marketing. Okay. Nigeria, Kenya, South Africa. Okay. So Jean, who's like, hey, Ms. Tulatak, do you have capacity <laughs> to take on a campaign, you know, an African campaign? And yeah. I'm like, I mean, I know some people. So I collaborate again. I say, Jean, there's a contract, dog. Plum, let's go in. And then my company, Muduma, and then... Um, Why Duma Collective? Duma Collective story is coming now. Okay. But the company is called Muduma at the time. Why? It's Tagaz himself. Okay. So my band, I put doing my so and so okay. it's going to say nothing with me, etc. Right, right, right. So I just thought it would be cool to have my surname at mystagazero.com right. as an email address. And then I partnered with the company Bianca was working for, which mm -hmm. was producing pop bottles, green stuff. So say they know the out-of-home marketing space, they're white, they have access. Mm -hmm. I say, Shana Sisulu, you guys are doing the trade campaigns, plus you've got through your political connections access to the continent. Then Mina, I'm the project manager because I'm growing my company. So, putting together. so I'm putting everybody together. Let's go into this pitch together. So You're the glue. I'm the glue. I'm the plug. I'm the account manager dealing with the, with John. Okay. So now we're pitching against some other company. We win. Get the pitch. Okay. We pitched a 56 day trend campaign for 56 days. Shucks. We were trending like that thing grew the social media accounts of um, MTV by I think 500 thousand in 
like a space of a month, which was unheard of at the time. Of course. We got a billion impressions. One. Dude, you're joking. Billion impressions. Just forgot, this was even before the internet is the internet. On the day of the mamas, a billion impressions. Even Neo tweeted us at the time. At, like, it was weird. That's crazy. Well, every single day we were doing an activation on Twitter. So and by activation, what do you mean? Like, give me one example. Like a trend campaign, we would see influencers go. So today we're talking uh, about um, hashtag uh, my Africa mama, you know, reminiscing on past mamas. Hashtag my this, hashtag we're running quizzes. We're doing so that people knew that the mamas are coming on this day. I mean, you had to know. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So every day I'm going to MTV to go and sit with the social media manager to make sure that he's tweeting what he Tweet. Right. Great, great files, head of digital, one of the most amazing digital brands I've ever encountered in my life. So I'm working with him and the team in Nigeria for MTV. Cool. I don't know on which day it was, but the marketing coordinator quits. Okay. It's two months, it's one month or two months to the mouse. Jean Demich is like, see you. <laughs> <laughs> so you're the go-to guy in the space now. <laughs> I we need to come and work here. You're the fixer. But also People in the office are seeing me every day again because I'm coming in to do this thing, the trend thing. Yeah. And then as we trend, I announce, guys, we're trending. So people, we're getting the people excited, the people who work there, the guys scheduling music videos, the people who are doing programming, people know my name because I'm the trending girl. Yeah. So Jean's like, would you take a job here to come and be full time for us just for the, these four months of the balance? I'm like, yo, I speak to my dad. My dad's like, hey, who's going to pay for you to live? How to work in an international organization. No one's saying be there forever. Take the job. All your projects can wait. I said, okay, cool. I speak to Shaga. Shaga's like, Clint, go inside because really we are running the campaign, so it just helps for you to work there full time. Right. Shut. So I have an interview with HR. I luckily have just graduated. <laughs> I have a degree, so I qualify for the job right. beyond them needing me to do the job. So at least all the processes I was able to follow. So it was important that I had my shit in order for the opportunities to be realized. Right. Cool, now I'm working for MTV. But in my deal with them, I said, I'll take this job on one condition. You allow me to go and intern at the MTV EMAs. So I'll pay for myself to go. I need you to get me the internship. Right, and the access. So, oh, wow. so I, cool, that's a fair deal because it's just organizing access, security clearance, etc. If I'm willing to pay for myself to yeah, go. Yeah, because that's most of the time, that's what stops a lot of people from doing stuff is you want the brand to pay for everything. Yeah, uh, and the brand, brand don't like I'll pay for my flight, I'll pay for my accommodation, I'm sorted, I just need you to give me the access and someone to, to shadow. Right. I, we do the mamas. The person who I'm going to shadow happens to be the creative director because Dylan Khan had the sense to see that that's where I want to go. Okay. So I'll pay you with this person. And Paul Caslin is going to be the guy who comes to South Africa to work on the mamas here. Okay. So now we're already working for Caslin. We're on the dancing side of things. Okay. So now I'm a brand coordinator. <laughs> I'm doing the communication, but I'm also on creative doing the dancing. <sighs> My life. Then um, I'm working for the mamas, but whilst at MTV, okay, the mamas happen, everything is great. Mm -hmm. um, I then go to the EMAs in October, okay. they're happening on the 25th of October. I'm pretty sure excited. The 25th of October is my birthday. <laughs> so rehearsals are happening the 24th and the 23rd. I'm in Justin Bieber's dance rehearsals. I'm in Andrea Bocelli's piano soundcheck. I'm 
in Pharrell's rehearsal. Pharrell was sitting, like we were doing, he was coming from the audience, like the glamour pit. So this rehearsal is happening at like quarter to quarter to midnight mm -hmm. because they work like crazy people. There's no, oh no, eight o'clock, what? I need she to rehearse my for my show to be brilliant. I need to put in the work. It doesn't matter what time. And that's the only spot available. And that's Pharrell Williams at the level that he was at at the time. And the song was Freedom. He had just dropped Freedom. Right. So he's sitting here because the rehearsal it must look like these people. So me, there's a space open, then him. And the cameras are going to come so it's not the rehearsal at midnight i'm like oh my gosh it's my birthday and he's like what happy birthday <laughs> this is now pharrell williams i'm turning 25 on the 25th of so october starstruck. in milan at the mtv europe music awards rehearsal and it was crazy but i was also like i'm here i'm here because I worked to Get be you. here. Right. No one blessed me. No one like, hey, you look like a person that should go to the EMAs. How's about you go? I had to work for it. And I took that moment in and I think that's what set off in my mind that from here, I cannot go back. Right. I cannot go down. So my thing has always been like, okay, what's next? What's next? I've done crazy things like, I taught Oprah how to say Sanbonani. What do you mean? For global citizen. She got onto that stage to say Sanbonani, having come out of our rehearsal room where she was doing her script. And reading. how did she bump into you? Or how did you bump into her? Like, how did you get into that room? I was part of the script writing team. Again, something that was like such a weird act of God. <laughs> <laughs> but I interviewed for. It, like they wanted to meet PR companies okay. in South Africa. I'm not a PR company, so I brought Melanie Ranji and you are two tone communications when I come. I just know the lay of the land. Cool. How I got that interview is because Warren Bokwe, who works on Afropunk, I got to work on Afropunk right. because of Lisa who I worked with on many, 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 many things and has been an amazing person in my life because he's an events guy, like events guru. And yo, guys. So many people have contributed to my journey. But now I'm working on the script writing team. Oh, sorry, there's this interview for this PR thing. Yeah. And I'm giving the guys the lay of the land. I'm like, Andrew Kirk, head of communications, incredible dude. Um, South Africans don't understand this thing. Any ticket, what do you mean? Volunteer, paint a house, what are you talking about? What is that? Unless you're bringing Beyonce, ain't nobody gonna go through all of that. And he's just like, oh, okay, cool, no, but that's how the model works, Global citizen around the world, blah, blah, blah. Right. Guarantee, they're going to, at point some other peer company which is on point PR which are really amazing. Cool, they announced this global citizen thing, Naomi Campbell here in Jen. Shop. I still don't know anything about Beyonce. And I said, hey, you know, I told them people are not applying. No one knows how to register. No it's one whatever. cares because of all these people. They announced Beyonce. Oh all of a sudden people are just like, how do you do Now people care. Now people are caring. Now there's hype. Now Andrew realizes that, oh shit, the actual production, we need to be able to localize our language okay. when people are speaking. So it would be good to have someone in country. So they want to make it like team. relatable. Yes. Right. Andrew, who does he remember? Sima Bena. Why? The one who knows the lay of the land. Uh -huh. So let's put her on our script writing team. 
Right, because you were relatable and you knew the people on the ground yes. but in your age group, so you would know what to say to be related. And I have a politics degree, right. so I understand policy making. Because right. it's not just a concert, there's also the fact that pledges are made and policies are being changed in countries and that's what the, 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 the political heads are, are here to be involved in. Right. But I also have script writing background from having worked on the documentary for the founding legislature. Right. So all of these things that I was doing in a some kind of volunteer basis, some learning, some whatever, have now culminated in having experience that qualifies me to be in the places that I'm having opportunities to be in. And to get real bags, not the bags that you... <sighs> But clothes is not like a bad bag. But they still, pay you like a stipend because everything actually goes to charity. Yeah, but I mean, it's, I mean, global citizen. I won't lie. It's really not about a bag. Like global you get so much access and exposure. Yeah, like the amount of people that you can talk to after such an event. Sean is, Parker gave me a volunteer. You know what I mean? Like it's ridiculous. Sean Parker funded Facebook. Owner of Nasdaq. Like Sean Parker. <sighs> he was like, "You look like you need." a bottle of tequila you had a long day <laughs> in the script yes, writing room because we were sitting in the script writing room from 7 a.m yeah. until like midnight to watch the, the show we didn't watch the show but at least our job ended just before beyonce got on stage right but the stage is here our we were in the changing rooms that's where our offices were here so it just takes a walk to get to stage. Right. But because Beyonce's security team is so crazy, as soon as Beyonce drove past us, we watched her car drive like this, her and JP drove to get to stage. We had to go all the way out the stadium, come back into the stadium, go down the grandstands to get to Golden Circle to watch the show. Right. But at the end of the day, I didn't care about having to watch her. I cared about the experience of learning how to put together such an incredible festival. Right. This was something I also learned on Philip, working with Casper and Tilly and Spike and um, Gareth and doing the dome from the dome. To so even that, they just knew you were the go-to guy. I plugged myself. I, I pulled a master's of review. So I came back from the EMS and um, I landed and I went straight to the dome. I said, Tilly, I said I want to work. Tilly's like, see, what are you gonna do? I said, Doug, I don't care. I said I want to work going to work at this thing because where do I know TV from? The sets. Mm -hmm. When I used to push social media for his events that he used to do at the sets. Because right. he was a DJ. Casper's Casper's manager is actually like a professional DJ and he's really great. So nice. I get to the dome, yeah, I see the white man who's doing the stage. He's having a meeting with Casper. It looks intense. So I just go in and like slip myself in. Yeah. They're talking about costume changes. Right. And there's the harness, you know the, the lift that he yes. did on the stage? and they're discussing how he has 30 seconds or something to change and get the clips on or whatever right so i'm like who's actually doing your wardrobe they're like no spike I said, oh, spike spike has to do merchandise he's got other things to do let me handle wardrobe that'll be my job they're like okay cool so of course spike because he was at the house fetching clothes i said spike please also bring hangers bring this that cool shot arrives at the dome i get the suitcases all the shoe boxes I lay it out in his dressing room because I also was obsessed with concerts. So I used to watch a lot of behind the scenes stuff and see nice. how it's done for Janet Jackson, Asha. So in my head, I'm like, this is a Janet Jackson moment. Casper's the star, everything, when I underwear, socks, towels. So now I get to work with Gareth, who built the stage because he also knows the run of show. I say, okay, 
now we're planning this, we're planning that, okay, at this moment. So these, this t-shirt he'll change at the side of stage. This he'll change in the dressing room. Where do I get that experience from? Being a dancer. Yeah. When we were doing it with the Kendrick Lamar show at Pro Arte, we used to do it for all the theater shows that we did. So now I'm applying that to fill up FNB, I mean to fill up the door. Right. Cool. Show runs seamlessly. Everything's amazing. But Casper's trust in me actually came from me working at Math Town Heights. Mm -hmm. Who else are you working at Math Town Heights for? Refilo Ramakhase. The same with Filo Ramakhase, I was working at the Kendrick Lamar concert under because of the Cooley choreography work. Mm -hmm. So in Math Town, I was learning eventing work again because I had done Masters of Rhythm. So Math Town Heights, Casper's performance. I was in charge of uh, like talent stage management, blah, blah, blah. And with Casper's performance, there's a part in Dog Dog Share Laser. After he goes, Mimi, 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 Jamimi. Then it builds up, builds up, dog, dog, share, boom, right? right? So we have pyro, but someone has to cue the pyro for that specific moment. moment yes. I'm the one with the dance performance background, so I'm the only person he can trust to do that thing. That's where our relationship's in. Nuts. So with the dome, when I come in, I say, Yo, can I please work? I'm not a stranger. Dominoes. I'm not a stranger. I'm seeing Casper. Jeans off, Ipeti, Limans, Bega Towel, you know, like that intimate of a relationship because right. I'm not shook by that because I have the background in theater. Right. And the dome happens, they announce Orlando. So Tilly, what's the story? He said, come through. Because now I've built a rapport with them from the previous one. So with Orlando, um, I don't know what I was handling, but anyway, worked. And then Philip FB was the big, 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 big one. Okay. And with that, um, Philip FMB was amazing because we literally built a black machine of eventing. And that's where the intern program came out because I suggested yeah, it. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Suggested it one week. So I said, guys, what if we got a hundred interns to come in and learn all the stuff that we're doing? Right. And Tilly bought into that so hard and he was just like, yo, we have to do that. Um, because this is a black story worth telling and sharing. Right. So even better black kids are learning the information yeah the but it was also a big marketing stunt of course because now people know about it it was like six thousand applications something stupid like that but we're only taking a hundred people but all of them went to different departments so it was like so how did you logistics choose? How did you guys choose from a, like, we shortlisted and then we interviewed and then they were chosen right and we had an interview at baseline it was like a like idols because in my head i just wanted to see everything about it must be grandiose mm -hmm. and it's a first it's the first time a black south african artist pulls up fnb so it's going to be the first time we run an intern program that really is in in like entrenches you in the opportunity of this thing that we do so there were a lot of firsts and it was the most incredible experience the most gut-wrenching experience it was horribly tiring and what but the result of it was beautiful and so many people today there's a guy called Valentine, he's running a, a talent management agency, sorry, mm -hmm. and he always references his experience at FNB's intern program. Right. Saying, yo, there's so much I learned from you guys from that that I'm applying today. So that's another thing. Our people just need opportunities to learn. Right. Our people just need opportunities for access to information. Once you know something. And read information. Yeah, once you know how to do something or have had an experience of doing it, you're able to apply it to your own environment, mm -hmm. your own situation. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the story of my life that I've gone around learning things 
and practicals as well like yep. actual practically like doing the work and that's how i ended up with an agency <laughs> with the name on a door now right. all the things i've learned on my freelancing journey i've corporatized or i've packaged into an agency of course. that does the things that i used to do so as you were a forced to do that because you just needed a company to start invoicing it so it's not, yep. it wasn't like a um, it wasn't planned it was an intentional decision yeah. Yeah. That's in really 10 mad. years I'm going to have an agency right that's so mad people like, and an office and it was the natural progression yeah that's so mad that's so, so mad in this natural progression um it came the thing the demands of more and more and more people right um I had to say okay cool let me get an employee then another one then another one then another and, and build a team now one. I need to learn things about HR legal financial management i had to get an office and get a space where you know my people could work and um the name of the business is what i then started pushing right but people just could not say Muduma. of course just couldn't say Mabuduma, Mabuduma, <laughs> boo, boo, boo. like it was just a lot right so i say you know what um, I don't know, I need to rebrand and I heard the name Duma in some like ad Duma is Russian for this time yeah, I said fashion no, but that just sounds cool so Duma, why don't I put it with Duma creators, Duma agency Duma, Duma collective slept on it right. woke up, Duma collective was it and it just made sense because it comes from good Duma, it's not too far so not then I registered far. Duma collective right. and then I started rebranding and you know launch of Duma Collective but all along I'm documenting my journey mm -hmm. so if you go to Duma Collective's page and you scroll back down to 2015 Can you'll see, see us doing cheerleaders for the multi-choice disky challenge today we are an agency to multi-choice from dancers That's to social nice. media we were doing the Miller stuff like you're seeing me working at two o'clock in the morning we're doing access Josie we're doing all these things I documented and that's been the proof of work that I can go to all of these big companies with and say, we're not new. We've been doing this. We've been doing this and it's now also a thing of making it a safe space for other creatives mm -hmm. to come into corporates and say, yo, if you could have given Seymour a chance, you can definitely give me a chance. Right. Because I'm on the streets, I know the culture and clearly there's a space for this type of marketing right. that is not the traditional model of the agencies I thought I could never compete against. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you something, right? Yeah. You care, just like on the top of my head. So based on how you came up or based on how you did things, what are the difference you see between that generation when you're in and you're coming up and the generation today? Because obviously there's a just not necessarily a disconnect, but there's a shift where um, I think respectfully a lot of the generation right now is coming from a point of entitlement where yeah. many of us or many of them because I mean I respectfully feel like I've like I've got my colors if you get what I mean yeah. like doing things to gain more uh, experience but what is the difference that you see today because obviously it's, there's a big disconnect where everyone just feels entitled to get a check for even doing something for the first time I think it's um there's something amazing about the people now in that there's a there's a there's a self confidence yes. that exists yes and it's so great. Uzaz is, I think, step one to doing anything. 
Right. Because you first gotta self-love. With if I'm going to do that, it's because I know I can do it. Right. right? So Or I can learn how to do it. Or yeah. I know someone that can do it. Whatever that is, there's a tough. Right. But there's a lack of willingness to accept that for the love to manifest or for, for it to become an end result, there are certain processes you just cannot skip. Right. You you should have a company registered right. at CIPC. You should have a bank account at a bank registered to your company. Right. You should have a tax clearance certificate. Right. You should have basics of accounting. You should have email etiquette. You should know how to use a PowerPoint presentation or a Word document. You should know how to articulate your idea. You should know how to package it. You should then know how to sell it. Right. Because there, there's things that you try, the people try to skip in the process and then get we'll mad. They get mad when the opportunity misses them. Right. Because I just learned about taxes. Dude, I learned about taxes last year. Like, and I was so shook. Yeah. I was very shook because I just didn't understand how that was not something I was taught. Like, um, and like even life orientation might come from a place of entitlement, but like, yeah. how am I the not... The basics of being a, like, a human or in this a business country. person. Like, how am I not told that if, when I register a company, I should actually have an accountant who's going to manage my books, yeah. who's going to make a financial statement from the beginning of your business career or your banking yeah. career with your business till today. Yeah. Like I had to find that out because I had to do something that required financial of a company and now I'm just stuck like I didn't know this shit. And now I need to get auditing. Now I need to get auditing from the beginning of when I started. Yeah. And now it's more money. And I was I was just shocked like how did no one tell me this? Like no I know so many business people. Yeah. Dude, like and no one felt like it occurred to be like, yo have you thought about that? Are you accounting? Yeah, you have accounting. Mm. Are, you, are, you, are you like, do you have money? Do you have financials in check? And then it hit me that, so everyone I bump into right now, that's my friend, yeah. I tell them, yo man, get an accountant <laughs> to manage your financials. Yeah. Because if you want to do anything, um, because I really still feel like being a business person in South Africa is one of the toughest things, especially when it comes to banks. Yeah. Because they require so many things. If you want to borrow money. If you want to borrow money or if you want to do anything that has to do with a bank. I went through life thinking, ah, I'm going to buy everything cash. And then Shame. you're down. I, I kill you the fuck now. Now you want to produce a reality show. Dude, you need I to get cameras. I you the fuck now. I used cash. to go with my, like, I used to think, oh, okay, I'm going to buy everything cash. Mm. And then... You get to a point in your life where you're, you're like, shit, bro, like, it actually takes longer. Yeah. Um, and even regardless of the time or the duration of how long it takes, sometimes there's an opening period for that specific idea at a specific time. And then yes. you miss it, you've lost it. Yes. Um, and that's, it, it, it hit me that, oh shit, so now I need to be part of the system. I have to be yeah. one of the system. I have to abide to the system. And that's what I do now. And I remember in one of our dead radios, Rachel Gola was like, growing up is about papers. Mm. And, uh, and and he says, younger chief told me, it's like, that's so fucking profound because um, all you do business, all you need is paperwork. Like, oh, your BE certificates, your mm -hmm. CIP certificate, your tax clearance, your VAT number, 
And it's all like, how do people not know this information? It's like the bare minimum. Dude, it's like riding a bike. As full of food. No, I don't even think it's about that. We don't have access to such information. What are you talking about? You go on to www.google.co.za. They won't tell you to start a company, you need to have a financial company. Go on to Twitter. How, hashtag Tugel. How, or what are the basics of running a business? Someone will answer you. Go on to Google. What are the steps? There's too much information. Okay. This is where I fight with young people. <laughs> I've said, guys, yeah. we do not have, we don't have an excuse anymore. We don't have an excuse anymore. University of YouTube. Yes, how to? Yeah. We all know how to do makeup. <laughs> hmm? yeah. We know how to bake banana bread. Watching tutorials, but you can't watch a tutorial but to register business. Please. Okay, I take it back. You're right. Please. You're right. And that's. That is the tragedy of our generation. Right, so much access but not no direction in how to use that. We're too cool. Right. We're too cool to ask. We're too cool to read. is 40%. Yes. Because our people are lazy to study the 60%. Current is 30 now, man. Or 30. Imagine. Because we are lazy to study. It's struggle for 50. That's 30. I want to 70%, but would you trust a surgeon or passing a 30%? No, you're going to kill me, bro. It's 70% of knowledge you don't know. What if what I'm sick with you is 70% of my ass? You don't know. Now you're going to suck it. Like, what do you mean? So, it's that thing you would say, Siafilaba. Right. We want, we have energy and passion for the things we like. But we are lazy for the things we have to do. Okay. Okay. So it's, it's a bar. Okay. Okay. It is <laughs> what it is, and that's what we growing up in a house where I was forced to do the things I didn't want to do. Taught me how to do it yourself. How to cut grass. It's not about. I don't even know how to cut grass. But it was never about learning how to cut grass. My mother didn't anticipate I'm going to live in a big house where I must cut my own grass. She really did have it in her mind that if I am going to live in a big house probably going to afford a garden service. Right. So it wasn't about learning how to cut grass. It was about being trained in the the skill or the art of doing the shit you don't like but have to do because that's life. That's life. Doing the shit you don't like to do the thing you do like. Sometimes you have to do what you have to do to do what you want to do. 100%. We know that. You have to eat your vegetables to eat your meat. Right. You have to do your homework to watch TV. You have to sleep to wake up. <laughs> do you understand? I understand. And our people are just not being told enough that there's just the basic shit you have to do. I'm a creative. I want to spend all my days coming up with ideas for briefs. But to run a business that's going to pay 40 people every single month without fail, there's things I have to do. I have to sit and go through bank statements and recon payments. I have to sit with my accountants. Here's what's going on. I have to sit with lawyers. I have to sit with HR. I have to do disciplinaries. I have to deal with clients who are unhappy. I have to hang up clients. I have to kind follow up on the attached email. I have to read my emails. I came back from two weeks of leave to 836 emails. I had to sit and read one by because I have to. There were things that were directed at me. People don't copy me in an email for their health. <laughs> There's something that they want me to right. do. So I've got to check. Albeit I may not be responding or they, I don't have to respond to each one, but there are things I need to know. I had to sit through that. Oh my gosh. I would much rather be at Jameli with my friends. I would much rather be sleeping, but I had
have to do the things I have to do to do the things I want to do. Right. And that is the disconnect between previous generations and the the now. Instant instant noodles. Yeah, instant gratification. The yeah. microwave generation, that's what they call us. But I don't mind. A microwave still cooks chicken. Yeah. And pop. And it cooks pop. Yeah. It cooks oats. Everything. But you have to still no, put in the input. Yeah. yeah. You still gotta have yeah. the chicken to put in the microwave in the first place. Yeah. And that takes work. You've actually gotta get up out your house, go to the shops, put it, get a trolley, first sanitize, get a trolley, push the trolley down the aisle. Right. Get to the fridge, get the chicken, go to the till, greet, right. pay, get out the shop, get back home, then put it in the microwave. Then you're getting it out in 12 minutes. <laughs> but you couldn't miss all these other steps in the process. Right. That's a bar. <laughs> I see you out there. Okay, and there's one thing <laughs> I want to know, right, before we close it off. Um, or two. There's two more things, but this is the first one. Um, like... Batteries. Almost dead. Okay, yeah. that's cool. We just use a two things. Um, so, one more thing I need to know. I see there's a lot of um, not necessarily mentorship, but there's a lot of uh, impact that influence JKM possibly had in you learning a lot of the things that you did learn. Mm -hmm. um, and I want to know, like, what do you think is the value of having um, like someone like him that's essentially like was kind of like your mentor, your mentor? I mean, um, I, I wouldn't say so much that he was a mentor, mm -hmm. in as much as he was a plug okay and being able to Get speak the boardroom speak and right. then follow it up with the admin the paperwork right and do the powerpoint presentations do the excel sheets with the budgets do the invoicing follow up the client relations all the other stuff whilst he was dealing with the cool and the actual product so there was a yin and yang that was happening and i think that's what that's the power of collaboration right collaborating on things you don't necessarily know how to do um but the two things deliver the end product right so yeah it was push and pull on both ends and that's the thing without my admin skills his cool may have gone somewhere um but it may not have taken as shorter a time right. to get there. Right. So and without his cool, I wouldn't have had anything to do this cool admin stuff for. for. You know what I mean? I totally get what you mean. So that's what I learned from him. And I think young people have this misconception that you have to have someone who's experienced things to open doors for you, teach you what amazing if you can get that person you'd be so lucky if you can but there are not many of them to go around right. so for those who can't get mentors what happens to the rest of them they must work with each other and mentor each other because there has to be information that you like you said there has to be information i know that you don't there has to be information you know that i don't and people you know that i don't know people i know that you don't know so let's mentor each other so let our collaboration be mentorship to each other and then www.google.com <laughs> YouTube how to there are so many or oh, there's so much information so many people speaking so many platforms like this dead radio 
you've had incredible people come and share their knowledge. That's right. mentorship. Right. So let's also not look at the way things are and then say, oh, I don't have that, therefore I'm less than. Mm-hmm. I don't have Try a mentor. Try to make it work with what you got. Yeah, I don't have a, a deliberate mentor that I can say, yo, this one person. Um, I've just had a number of incredible people be willing enough to teach me whilst working with me. Mm-hmm. That's a bar. Again, so many bars. Really. <laughs> <laughs> the bar. <laughs> no, don't do that. There's already the bar. <laughs> what Legend. Legend owns the bar. Yes, it's, yes, the bar. the bar. So, before we close it off, um, there's a session we call Inspiration 101. Not necessarily inspiration, but um, for anyone that's watching this, yeah. Um, and you probably have daily mantras that you tell yourself. Don't. Uh, you probably definitely do. I like, swear. Could be the smallest thing, like. Um, it's like no one owes you anything. That's, that's a mantra. That's it. Yeah, like that's a mantra. So what do you? What, what, what keeps you moving and what keeps you doing what you do? Um. Okay. Oh, I guess my motivation. Yes. Is that. Uh, <laughs> it's bigger than me. Okay. It's bigger than me. I said to my team the other day, this is not the Sibu Collective. It's Dubu Collective. Right. And it has got to exist beyond any of us who are here today. Right. In the hundred years time. And everything we do today is what's going to get Dubu Collective to that a hundred years time. So, it's bigger than you. Nice one. Alright everybody. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to the special episode of Dead Radio. Uh, how about the beautiful people? Play energy drink. And right now it's shot in a black brick apartment. Thank you, you so much fly. for tuning in. It's mad fly, right? That also keeps me moving. There's a lot of things I want. Volunteering is Disney. Time is Disney. I want to afford dead. I'm able to buy clothes and dead without looking at the price. Before I say this jacket, anyone can win this jacket. There's going to be a competition that happens at the end of the season. Uh, I'm going to send you one too. You going to send me clothes without sending me a bill? Uh, I you know I always send bills, but I mean this is from play, this is a play and uh, play and death code. That's so, so dope. Um, yes, yeah, for all our guests, but also the people get to win it. So that's really strictly cool. not for sale, by the way. But anyway, that's um, really really dope. You're doing so well, dude. Thank you. I'm trying. It's tough sometimes. I think I want to interview you. <laughs> oh, you should. You know what you should do? What should, should I like do? run a competition between all the guests on the show? Okay. And then people must vote for which of the guests should interview Bang. That's a good idea. I know, because that's what I do. <laughs> I come for great ideas. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one. I want to really try that. Do it. I imagine like that like, idea. It's either Louisa or Younger. It'll probably be the last episode. Um, that would be fly. Yeah, like the finale. I actually want someone to talk to me. Because um, you have a story to tell. Not necessarily. Yes, you have a story, story to, tell. to tell. Everybody has a story to tell. I mean, like... Okay, no, let me save my gems for when I interview you. <laughs> You'll tell your people to vote for you. Hey guys, <laughs> please vote for me to interview Baggy for the last episode of Dead Radio. Sibu Mabena, hashtag Sibu to interview Baggy. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning into the show. And we are. Brah.